Please welcome to our morning show an individual who's no stranger to our Twin Cities audience, leading the state's second largest school district, Superintendent Ed Graff with Superintendent's Corner. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Freddie. Good morning, Chantel. Thanks for having me this morning. Our pleasure. School is starting right around. I know that uh, this, I can remember being uh, a student in, in elementary and high school and buying the big chief tablets and the big pencils and pens and getting ready for school. Yesterday, there was an organization advocating for parents and students uh, at the district uh, Davis location. They were saying, in their words, that there is not a solid plan in place for next week's distance learning start. And they say that families of color are suffering the most. How does the school district respond, Superintendent Graff? Well, I certainly want to acknowledge the advocacy on behalf of the Minneapolis students of color, you know, that the the organization has brought forward, including the new ideas to make sure we're supporting our students in distance learning. We have put together a, a plan for distance learning, and I think, Many of you are aware we're operating right now in what's phase two of our five phases to safe learning in Minneapolis public schools. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're looking at ensuring that, you know, first and foremost, the health and safety considerations are taken into account and then uh, trying to do what we can to address the academic supports during this time of distance learning. Um, and I will, I will say we're in a far different place than we were um, last spring where we had to move to emergency learning, as we called it, you know, when we went into distance learning in March. And we've gotten some great feedback from our uh, family members and from our community members and students uh, to make sure that it's much better than what we had, much more robust uh, than last spring. And so we're starting um, on September 8th mm-hmm. with a distance learning approach. And what parents and students can expect to see is a much more um, intentional uh, daily interaction with their teachers. So we've, uh, are focusing on making sure that they get a lot of FaceTime on the computer with their teacher, uh, at the start of every lesson. And then once the lesson continues, then they'll be able to break into smaller work session groups with, uh, you know, uh, support staff or they'll work directly with the teacher if they need some additional support during that time frame. You've learned and the idea. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you've learned quite a bit uh, in these last few months with distance learning, with tutoring and technology and mental health supports. Yeah, we're also, you know, we've been working the last, uh, since uh, August 24th up until this week, we've had back-to-school events where families can come to the school through social distancing, either do a drive-through or a walk-through, and they can pick up a device if they need to exchange a device for their student. Uh, they need to get some educational materials. Uh, we have those available. We've been fortunate to have a lot of different agencies donating school supplies. We have those that families were able to pick up. And then also an opportunity to meet their teacher or their new administrator who might be um, running the school building. So we know it's not going to be face-to-face. We know that that is, uh, you know, an exciting uh, way for students to learn. And our, our job right now is to make sure we make the distance learning as best as possible and then we'll monitor, you know, our, our health and safety guidelines and do our best to transition into the next phase of work, which would be a very targeted um, hybrid model where we would have students, specific students who um, we can bring in for additional support on site. We also have um, different partners that we're working with that we're providing uh, through this distance learning model, providing virtual support. And so want to ensure that, you know, we still get access to those services, whether that's mental health services or taking a look at follow-up uh, support for, for students during the school um, day. 
Have you have, have you been able, uh, Superintendent, to hear from some of the parents or students that just to get kind of some feedback of how they're feeling about this new model? Yeah, we we met with a, a group of uh, family members over the summer and presented kind of what our plan was with the phase to um, return to school. And I think there's always a little bit of uncertainty because this is a new way of, of doing um, education, you know, and it's a little different than what we did last spring. Mm-hmm. But we did hear um, significant acknowledgement about the, the health concerns, you know, from families and wanting to make sure that they get the support, um, you know, for their students even in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're mindful of that, and we do have groups that will continue to outreach to our parent advisory groups. We've got meetings set up um, and trying to gather that feedback as we implement distance learning on a um, at the start of the school year. How would you compare Minneapolis Public Schools' learning plan with the the videos that we've seen that has gone nationwide with the two students t- sitting outside of a Taco Bell with their oh. devices and the pencils and paper on the side on the sidewalk. Uh, a lot of people have I believe it's something like $103,000 yeah. has been raised in a GoFundMe yeah. uh, campaign yeah. for those. Uh, how does Minneapolis compare to situations like that? Well, I, I did see that, um, that caption, that video, and that's gut-wrenching. I think that is just, again, highlighted the significant uh, digital divide that we have in our society. You know, And I've, I, I talked to um, legislators this week and have uh, maintained contact with the national level with other states uh, Superintendents, and that is something that I think we really have an opportunity to focus on nationally. You know, I believe that this connectivity and the broadband that we need um, in our schools is uh, just as important in uh, the, the buildings that um, are being built every day in our communities. You know, this should be something as essential as water, electricity, heat. You know, those are things that um, we you know we have to have in society. So. Uh, we definitely see that as a, a need, um, you know, systemic need throughout the city. And we've been working very hard to ensure that we have that connectivity. Um, we've, we've worked closely with Comcast. We're excited about potentially being able to offer some support there um, beyond just what we've done with the city and the county and, and ensuring that our families also have access to connectivity through providing hotspots. We know those hotspots are not a long-term solution. They're short-term, they're cellular, uh, so you don't have the stability, but we're making that available to families as well. And, you know, we're not going to be able to be successful if we don't address this connectivity issue. And even in the, um, you know, in in many situations, we still have that uh, instability uh, with our connectivity. So the other thing we are doing with our instruction is we're filming, um, you know, the presentations that teachers are having. So, uh, we want it to be real time for students to access, and we're also taping that. So in the event there's a uh, disruption with the connectivity or there's challenges with the schedule for a family or student, um, they can go back and they can rewatch that and get that support. Going to a whole new level of technology for instruction of students. I was wondering if you take a moment. Uh, we've seen some things circulating on Facebook about your characterization of certain students in the district as being marginalized. Can you explain uh, what you meant in that meeting that you had with uh, some people from our community talking about students and the learning plan going into this school year? Yeah, I think, you know, what my attempt was there at the end of the conversation was to acknowledge that, you know, we. We don't want to negate the feelings of community leaders who've seen and heard, you know, many promises over the years and, and often without um, the results accompanying that, you know. Um, 
And we also know that Minneapolis public schools and other large institutions have, in fact, uh, marginalized communities of color and low-income communities. And so, really, I was just acknowledging that fact and uh, restating, reemphasizing my commitment uh, to address, you know, the, the break that cycle. Um, uh, definitely not intended to um, be, you know, stated as labeling students. We know that, um, you know, we contribute to what happens in our our schools and uh, you know the institutions that we have have to change and we've been demonstrating that we're committed to that change through our comprehensive district design uh, through the work that we've done recently with our curriculum transformation we just rolled out professional development on curriculum transformation which really is about making sure that um, our students are able to see themselves and they're able to get a high level rigorous content uh, from um, a non-eurocentric lens you know from uh, recognizing just the commitment of, of how this uh, uh, this society was you know developed through the uh, the positive effort of um, of many people you know it's interesting it seems as if the uh, comprehensive design superintendent uh, was a, a bit visionary on uh, the district's part in uh, putting that out there well before the coronavirus pandemic hit the nation yeah we we definitely know that there's still work to be done, um, but it did allow us the, the framework, the design to move forward. Um, we'll be updating our board um, next Tuesday on September 8th about the progress that we're making with the comprehensive district design. As we mentioned throughout that, you know, that whole uh, time frame, it's, it's not something that's one and done. It's going to take a lot of work, and so we're providing uh, routine updates to the board so that they can see our, our commitment is ongoing and and can also weigh in as we, you know, we're working through this pandemic. Uh, there potentially could be things we need to modify, you know, to accelerate or to to uh, adjust along the way. School starts next Monday. Do you have a word for students and families as we close this morning? Yeah, we're just very excited to see our students. It's hard to believe we're back in school um, less than a week away, and we just want to make this the uh, the best experience possible for everyone. So stay connected and looking forward to to uh, seeing students on the screen, and, and hopefully they'll have a, a great first day of school. Thanks for making yourself available to us this morning on KMLJ Superintendent's Corner with Superintendent Ed Graff. Thank you for being with us, sir. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. 25 past the hour.